Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Front Page 305. Playing, I made a CD with that song for a Wall V once. I remember back when you used to make CDs. Remember that, Walter? We make CDs. I asked, I asked, I asked Frankie to play days. that because there's a there's a lyric in there that says, "I got a can of whoop ass for you," and that's what Clemson had in his bag for the Miami Hurricane. So I thought that was appropriate. <laughs> Hold on, were you making CDs or are you making mixtapes? Were those the mixtape uh, mixtape days? No, no, no. This is this is like uh, early 2000s. And so while we uh, we used to have this three on three basketball tournament, uh, the Herald Cup at the Miami Herald. And um, so while we, you know, I, w- I was much younger then. I was listening to hip hop and rap all the time. I was that. So was I. That's how it works. What's up? So was I much younger. I mean, That's how it works. That's true. Wavi was never this old. He was much younger as well. And and so we would all just kind of jam to to. Uh, to different hit rap songs and Wavi said, make me a CD of that. And so I did, I made him a CD. And I remember now every time Wavi would show up, that CD would still be rolling in his car and, and playing. And that was kind of our little theme song. Uh, I'm Manny Navarro of The Athletic. That's Walter Villa. We also have Andre Fernandez who's yet to introduce himself. He's just kind of nodding there with his uh, Marlins hat on. Dre, you want to say hello to everybody? Flip. What was your triple A anthem when you guys would go to heat games together? That was I think it was the same one. We just... rolling down Biscayne. No, that was full of curse words. That was another one, I believe, that you can't even yeah, say. We, we had uh, we had all kinds of stuff that we would listen to, man. No, there a- was anyway, the, there was the one where we played when when Joanna called and had we talked about that once on the radio. There, uh, we were playing a song full of curse words, pretty pretty raunchy, and then it was uh, late, and your wife wanted to know where you were, and we're driving home because we were carpooling, and and she called during the middle of that song. Yes. Yes. The wife always calls when you're in the middle of having fun, right? It's always like uh, the wrong time. You're like, oh, she God. always, she always reminds her I have wife and kids. She always senses a disturbance in the force and she has to call you. She's like, <laughs> she, she's more of a Sith Lord than, 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 than Darth Vader or anybody like that. She's like, right. Oh, Manny's fooling around. Manny's like, uh, uh, call him. Yep. It's a weird uh, sixth sense that uh, women have about uh, their men. But uh, anyway, gentlemen, um, so the Miami Hurricanes got splattered on Saturday, 42 to 17. That's and then kind. The, the Miami Heat got splattered in game six of the NBA finals. The Marlins got splattered. These guys got splattered. Yeah. Over three, over three, over three games. It was, over it, was three a, games. it was a it was a fish spread for over three days right there, all over all over Minute Maid Park. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was, uh, I, we, but it's funny is I think on one of the, maybe it wasn't the last podcast, but the one before I said, doom and gloom is coming soon for, for all of our teams. Right. I mean, it's going to happen. It's yeah. That was right know, after you said they'd win the world series. And that was right after right, the, other, yeah. the other team was going to well, win this championship. Play, and the best way it's the Pedro Fonaboa school of uh, journalism. You play both sides and you end up right somehow. Right. Well, I, I thought that, that was pick one side to piss off the other side. Yeah. Yeah. No, that Pedro's, was Pedro's, uh, Pedro's thing was, uh, Make sure you, you you play both sides of the fence. You were right. I pissed um, off the West. <laughs> so where do you want to start with? Where do we, what do we start the show with today? Do we talk about the Dolphins win since they were the only team that won? Do we care about the Dolphins? I kind of don't care about the Dolphins. I don't know about you. It's kind of like just eh, they're not ready. This yet. is the they're... problem. This is the problem right now. We, we we this is the problem with our town. We talk our, our teams lose and we toss them aside like a free sample at a supermarket and we don't we don't we, we don't care anymore. No care. This team well, is should... better. This team is a lot better than people think. They're two and three right now. The record doesn't show it, but look at their losses. Seattle's undefeated. Buffalo might still be undefeated after tonight. And New England's New England. Maybe not Super Bowl New England, but they're still pretty good. 
They've then they crushed the 49ers and they crushed the Jaguars in their two wins. The offense actually looks pretty good. Fitzpatrick had his dud in week one. He's been good since. Defense looked a lot better. I'm not saying they're a playoff team, but this isn't the horse manure that was out there last year at this time after week five. This team is a lot better. Well, Manny predicted they would only win three games. I think that prediction is going to go by the boards, especially since they put the Jets twice, and the Jets are, are at this point trying <laughs> to look that, I believe, to get uh, the number one pick, whether they keep it or trade it. But yeah. no, I think the Dolphins are better. But, Andre, what, my question is, I mean, they're good enough to just just – do not to be middle of the road right now. They're on pace to win maybe five games, maybe six. Considering the Jets on their schedule, maybe they win seven with a 40 year old quarterback. They haven't found the time to play. I mean, I'm always on the two bandwagon every week. I just don't know where this is going. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, look, I wrote about this week for the Herald. I wrote a story on the offensive line. The offensive line has played a lot better than people think. And they've started three rookies, three of the guys they draft, the three guys they drafted. That's the first time in the history of the franchise that they've done something like that. And they've only allowed seven sacks in five games, which compared to last year when they gave up 58 sacks, which was the most in the NFL, that's an area of improvement. So that comes directly from this draft. So it shows you they are progressing in some areas. Now, when it comes to the quarterback, you're right. Having two on the bench doesn't progress anything. And that's why we wonder is, are they ever going to shift it to him? Or are they just going to do kind of like what the Marlins did and play for now and use uh, Fitzpatrick? Like you said, it's a 37-year-old now. There's no, you know, there's no ceiling. There's no upscale, upside there's anymore. No upside. It's just have a guy there, you know, that's efficient or whatever. So you're not really progressing anything on the quarterback side, which is very important. So where, where does that give? You know, where you're seeing progress on the defensive side a little bit. You're seeing the O-line progress. You're seeing some of the rookies in place. But again you're kind of ruining your chance to keep adding to it if you keep winning and their quarterback is not getting, you know, so far hasn't got any reps. Now, is he able to though? That's a better question. That's something Manny and I talked about, you know, off the air a little bit this year. Maybe not, maybe Tua's not playing for a reason. You want to jump into that, man? He's not on the injury report though. He was earlier. And he was, he was on the injury report earlier. He's not anymore. Well, I mean, here, look, I I, I think you look at what Justin Herbert has done, right, with the Chargers. Um, Joe Burrow, even though he they're not winning a ton of games, he still looks pretty good. Yeah, I don't he's, understand. He's yeah. I, I I don't understand why. Like, if you're healthy, why are you waiting? Like, what do you stand to gain in a season where you aren't expected to make the playoffs anyway? Like, at a certain point, you hand over the baton. And to me, whether or not a team puts somebody on the injury report. You could still have fear that, hey, this guy's going to get hurt or I'm worried that he let's give him more time to heal type of thing. Let's make sure he's really, really strong because the injury that he had was pretty serious. Yeah. And so I think I think the Dolphins, whether they say it or not, or declare it to the world. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious because when he first got hurt, what did they say about too? Oh, this is going to be like a year, a year and a half where he's really going to need to recover. And that's that was the fear all the NFL teams had. You can't draft this guy because we have to see what he looks like when he comes back. Well, right. it, has it been a year? Is it a year now? Right. When did he get hurt with Alabama? What it game was, was it? That? Was late, it was late last season, like about a month before the bowl game, I believe. And then Mac Jones right. came in. So, yeah, it's I, almost a year in November, I believe. I, I can't imagine – to me, I can't imagine that the reason the Dolphins are not playing him has anything to do with them wanting to see what Fitzpatrick can do for them. Like, well, look, just, it, there's no, yeah. I mean, look, this game was over 
when he hit that deep ball to make it 37 to 14. So, I mean, I'm not saying start him right now, but right there is an opportunity. They're up 23. The game's over. The 49ers are crushed. Do you put him in there? Let him play in the fourth quarter. Yeah, why is he not? I totally agree. And also, no running game. There's no future that any of their running backs that they have. They have not looked good at that position. But but back to Tua, yeah, why can't you find a spot for this guy? And and the problem is you look at – you mentioned uh, with the Chargers, Tyrod Taylor – the medic basically messed them up with the needle and that whole thing that happened and they were forced to play the rookie. Right. Yeah. And that uh, pretty unfortunate for Tyrod T- Taylor, but with, with Fitzy, um, you know, there's, there's really no reason to take him out right now. He is he's probably better right now than Tua because we just don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's a weird situation unless there's an injury, but, but yeah, why can't he at least give him a series even early in the game? And then as Andre points out, when there's a blowout, like, happened this past weekend that was a perfect opportunity so does he you, Andre since you wrote that story are you in in those zoom calls does he get asked two questions anymore or they, they don't even bother asking he, he kind of gets asked early in the week when it comes to is he gonna are the, is he gonna consider starting him is he gonna consider playing him and then he just commits to having fits one more week and then you know again like week to week kind of thing but no beyond that I mean I'm not on every zoom call I'm on, mostly on game day and then you know a lot of it is taken up by reaction to what happened but really hasn't delved into it, you know, completely as to that. But I mean, early in the game, maybe not because you're trying, you're still, you know, it's early in the game. You're trying to win that sort of thing. But in the fourth, again, I'll repeat like in the fourth quarter, when they're up by 23 already and it's a, it's a given the way the 49ers, you know, are not coming back. Maybe there's like seven, eight minutes left in the game right there. Why not give them two series, you know, just let them break the ice. I know it's, it's not against the 49ers in an ideal competitive situation as far as you're you know you're, you're facing the backups maybe or at that point they're pretty much out of it but get them something get them on the field start you know executing some plays that sort of thing this seems like the perfect week because you're playing a minor league team this week and so to me when you Tri- get triple a, tri- triple a jersey yeah i mean i'm not sure that the jets could beat alabama right now so i mean this is sort of the perfect opportunity to get them in there yeah i mean especially if they jump again if they jump ahead let's say they're up by three touchdowns at the half or early in the third quarter or something like that, at least give it a shot. And then if things go a little sideways, then obviously you pull back. You've always got fits there and you're he's still your starter, all of that, but get his feet wet, get, get it going in the, in the league already. If yeah. you can, you, you just don't want to go into next year, not knowing what you have in in Tua. And it'd be one thing if they were a Super Bowl contender and you say, you know, all right, rookie, like the Brett Favre situation with Aaron Rodgers. All right, rookie, sit down right. and shut up. And learn, but this team, unless unless we're really wrong, and and they go on a on an incredible winning streak here, they're they're not a contender. I mean, they're they're a contender to win six or seven games by looks of it. I agree with Andre; they're better than I thought they were, and certainly better than many thought they were so far. They they've they've done well, but are they really a playoff team? No, no one's. I don't. I'm not. And right, like you said, I'm not saying that, but it's that's where you get your start of you start to maybe fall into that purgatory again at least for a year where you want to have high picks. I mean, they still have a bunch of picks in this draft. They could still have a great draft, even if they're not, even if the very first pick is not in the top five yeah, anyway, but going back to Tua again, maybe that's why it begs the question. Are they taking a cautious approach for a reason? Yeah. I mean, yes. this, this is a sad thing about Miami because Tampa Bay right now, they're like tidal Bay, right? I mean, the lightning one, the, uh, the Stanley Cup, uh, the Rays are six wins uh, under your shrugging your shoulders. The Rays are six wins away from the World oh, Series. I know. I'm the one that told you the Rays were good back in uh, yeah. August. 
You did. They got Tom Brady in the NFL. And, and here, Manny, we're left to talk about uh, old ass Fitzy yet again. And uh, what's going on with uh, the 305, man? We Should we change the name of the show? Front we, gotta all, we, all, we all have to move to Ebor City. Should we change it to front page 813? Walter, you called them Title Bay? Yes. <laughs> Tampa Bay? Title Bay? Yeah. Well, no. Title Bay. Hey. Wow. Who would have ever imagined you'd say that about Tampa Bay with how, with how bad the, the Buccaneers Look were for so many years, right? Who would have thought I mean, was, we'd ever say that about the creamsicles, right? Let, let, let's right. Uh, let's extend our, our base, call it front page 305 slash 813. I mean, what do you think? We just keep heading north until we, until we find some wins. Yeah. We bring we bring Corey Long on uh, and, and just have him sort of give us the updates the whole time and, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, that's, a, that's a very inside joke right there. Well, Stanley Cup is <laughs> in the bag. World Series on tap. TB12. Right. Does he do it? TB12. They nah, could go for the so. three-peat there. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I what, what else you want to talk about on the show? What else do we got? We, we just went through the Dolphins. What else do we got? We, well, we got hype up that uh, great podcast we did with Jer- Jerry DePaula yesterday, uh, Manny. You yes. Listen to that. Yes, we did have Jerry DePaula, one, another one of Walt V's very close friends uh, from the Pittsburgh uh, Tribune Review, right? That's what they used to call that. Uh, now it's Trib Live or whatever they they sell. Tribune Review is, is is the name of the paper. Trib Live is a website, Manny. Come on now. Right. Well, Trib Trib Live is, Get your is what we Pittsburgh see. facts straight. Right, and so we we did a podcast. You can. Uh, you can go to front page 305, uh, look us up on the podcast, download us. I mean, we got a show there with St. Thomas University. We got all kinds of stuff on there. We got the interview with Jerry. He talked about uh, the Hurricanes and Panthers with us yesterday. He shared some some great, glorious Walt V stories about getting stuck in the uh, in the snow and buried underneath the snow. And uh, Walt <laughs> V decided to, to walk around in the freezing cold in his two and a half years in Pittsburgh in shorts and T-shirts because, you know, that's the way Cubans do it down there. Uh, it's just, uh, it was, it was an entertaining podcast. Go ahead. I mean, up there, up there. Yes. North up there, down there, wherever it is. Uh, but yeah, check it out. And, uh, when we come back, I, I think we're going to talk about Canes Clemson. I don't know what do we, maybe we talk Miami heat. I'm just very depressed. The seasons are, are very much derailed now. The views and opinions expressed on front page 305 are I was going to mention. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much. I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. 
you win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. And then I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Hold down. Did you take steroids? Why, how can I but do why, all of that and then not ask him? But why would you do that? He's not going to answer that question. Why would you answer such a question? Why not? I'm asking him. I bet he answers the other two very nicely of without course. a problem. Yeah, so why can't he answer the last one? He's going to hang up on us. Why can't he answer the last one? He's hang up on us. Just tell me, no, he didn't. I'm giving him an opportunity for me to no longer judge this based on what I heard from one person in the New York Times. I don't want to believe it. He didn't take steroids. He ate us. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you gotta take those losses, you gotta take those hits. There's gotta be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is Jorge Gamebred Masvidal, and you're listening to Slam Radio. Now we're back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. All right, gentlemen. So I wanted to, to talk to you about uh, Manny Diaz because Manny Diaz used the A word yesterday. Did you hear this? No. Awesome. You didn't hear it? No, wasn't. No, he was not talking about Clemson and saying awesome. He oh. said the A word. Was he referring arrogance. to arrogance? Was oh arrogance? Yes, he okay. said uh, atrocious. He said Miami, no, atrocious would have probably been more accurate, but he used uh, arrogance. Hmm. Uh, apparently, he says that um, you know Miami 
in general, he's talking about his players because we asked him specifically uh, what what he meant, but his message about Miami arrogance, but he said, um, we're taking an approach of having respect for everybody that we play because we've proven, what we've proven is that when we play well, we can beat anybody when we, we play against and when we don't play well, we can get beat by anybody we play against, which is true because they've lost two in a row to do. Um, he says, he, he says in, uh, we're talking about having respect um, no matter who we play, if it's a team or let's say Pitt or whoever, because we've been saying that for many years, our players have been hearing that for many years, regardless of who the head coach is, and it's not been serving them well. So what we talked about is that we have to have respect for who we're playing. We have to understand that our chance of victory comes to our level of preparation, our level of work and blah, 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 blah. Um, but the arrogance thing is kind of funny because to me, he's sort of saying Miami fans shouldn't expect them to beat Pittsburgh anymore or Duke or Virginia or, um, I guess not have this confidence or this belief that you should beat them, that, you know, they're not just more talented than them and you should show up and kill them. What do you think about that? What do you think about the, the head coach of the Miami Hurricanes saying that? Is he warning? Go ahead, Manny. Go ahead, Andre. So is he warning everyone in case they uh, screw it up and lose this week and it's two in a row? <laughs> no, I, cushioning I, I, the fall? No. I agree with I, I, I get what he's saying. I agree with his message. Um, the fact of the matter is, yeah, and, it's not to not have confidence. They can beat these teams, but they ha they can't just uh, throw their helmets on the field and expect a victory. I think that's that's that arrogance. You you're going to have to work for these uh, victories. It's yeah. not the old day of Miami Hurricanes in the in the Big East, where yeah, maybe once in a while they 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 got too arrogant and almost get beat by Boston College. If you remember that game, some some games like that. But but generally they knew they were going to beat up on that Big East. But th that was a different Hurricanes team, and and that was a weaker conference. Although the ACC is not great, but but like Manny, you just said it. We the Hurricanes have proven that they can lose to these teams. They can't be arrogant. They have to go out there and earn this earn this victory. They're ten point favorite. They should do it, but it's not going to be automatic. If you're arrogant, you're going to look at the rest of the schedule and say our only game left that we have to worry about is North Carolina. You're right. They can't do that. They can't do. That. I'm not. We're not sold. We were having that conversation late Saturday night as we were watching them get get uh you know whooped all over the field over there we're not sold that they're not going to slip up i'm not sold they're not going to slip up along the way between now and north carolina how do we know automatically they'll get into the acc title game and have a rematch or anything like that you're not because over the years they have lost to too many of these teams i take it even before the big east when we used to they used to beat everyone by like three four touchdowns and, and you'd look at the schedule and say okay fsu notre dame that's it that's all we got to worry about right. you can't do that you can't do it anymore college football is too there's too much parity, too, too many factors. And then now this year, when guys are, when teams are going out there 20 players short on a given week because of what, what's going on with COVID and everything, I mean, you can. So, yeah, I, I get what he's trying to say. And, and as a fan base, I think people have to take that too yeah. and quit living in the 80s and realize that stuff has changed and, and Miami has to trend its way upward, that, you know, that's and it's still trying to do it. Manny, that does bring back memories for our days when we're all, the three of us are working at the Miami Herald, the physically there going into the, the office every day. And that's what we would do. Look at that schedule. This is a victory, victory, victory. FSU, yeah. okay, we're going to see. And it, yeah. it was a one or two game schedule every year. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> like oh, so, Temple, North South Carolina. You know, they say that Rice, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, and then finally got the FSU. Oh, okay, FSU. Well, I guess, look, it's one thing for Manny Diaz to tell his team that, but he's obviously telling the media for reason. And, and if you go to Google and you actually search, this isn't the first time he's used the A word. 
uh, you type in Manny Diaz and arrogance, you'll find three headlines from three different times where he's basically said, we have to stop being arrogant and thinking Miami is Miami. But I find the paradox hysterical because it's like, you want to, you, you, you talk about not having arrogance, well, why the hell do you have a turnover chain? Right? Like, why do you have a blinged out turnover and chain and rings? And, and we, it's like, you want to have it both ways. Hey, we're Miami, but Hey guys, we're really not Miami. Okay. We're not that Miami anymore, but Hey, we are. Remember, look at our chain. Look at how dope we look. It's just, it, it, it's kind of comical. It feels like a coach who wants to have it both ways. And I, I think, look, Manny Diaz did a lot of great moves in the off season. He brought in the new offensive coordinator. He got all these positions fixed in terms of getting a patchwork, you know, transfer to come in and, and, and help them. But, this is really going to be an important time for him because these next few games, whether he thinks so or not, he does have more talent than Pittsburgh. He does. Uh, he does have more talent than Virginia. He had more talent than Duke last season. He had more talent than Georgia tech still didn't beat them. He had two weeks to prepare for Clemson. And you're going to tell me that uh, their coaches came out with some sort of defensive scheme. Miami's never seen before. I mean, I, I, I look, you, you, you can blame a lot of reasons for losing, right? You can say, hey, we, the, Miami hasn't recruited an elite level uh, like they used to. They don't have the same NFL players. But you go and you look, and I've done all the research. They're still producing more NFL players than everybody else but Clemson and the ACC. So at some point or another, when does, you know, when do expectations, when, when do expectations have to be met? Like at what point do you say, hey, these guys just aren't cutting it? I guess for you guys, if Manny Diaz and his team loses, and you said it earlier, Dre, they might lose two or three more games. Um, if, if they lose two or three more games, what are you going to say at the end of the season? What's going to be your, what, what should what should happen with Manny Diaz at that point? Has he proven to you that he's made the program better? Or if they lose two or three more games, what are you what are you going to say at that point? It's my question to both of you. Who I'm wants gonna, to go first? I'm, I'm going to say they wasted a better quarterback and a better kicker. Because that, I mean, those to me, still those two is what separates what what what's the drastic improvement on this team. Beyond that, I haven't seen a, a, a extremely drastic improvement from last year on, on on this team. I mean, the notable thing is when you look at Derrick King, and oh, guess what? We can't miss an extra point. We can't miss a field goal anymore. And I, the the really disillusioned part for me this this weekend was, yeah, I thought they were gonna lose. I thought they were gonna lose, giving up a ton of points. But to see that offense just completely get neutralized, that's worrisome. Well, I, I'll, I'll step in the role of defending Manny Diaz, as I usually do. Still his second year as a head coach. Um, the thing about the chains and the turnover chain, I don't, I don't see any different. I don't see something that's a mixed message about that. He's saying respect every opponent. That's what every coach in the country is, is, says. And the turnover chain has been – to motivate the players to get those turnovers. I, I, I think that that was a genius move in terms of where we are in his schedule, Manny. Again, I think you're, I, I, I know what you're looking for. The athletic, you're looking for these stories, my, my man, but like so far, really nothing's been proven. They're oh, three man. and one. They're, they're three and one. They lost to a great, not a good, but a great Clemson team. That was is clearly better. And they beat three teams that are incomplete teams. We really don't know what they are just yet. I, I still think, Again, going back to last year, there were some there were some really horrible losses, but a lot of that, as we've discussed at infinitum, have been they were because of the crappy kicker, 
being inherited. Uh, the offensive line has certainly improved. I mean, just a kicker alone, just that one piece would have won them a lot of games. Look what happened to Pitt this last week. They lost a game because their 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 kicker um, missed an extra point in overtime. So sometimes, look, in the end, the beauty about college football is the coach is the athletic director. He is the, the rather the GM and the coach. He gets the personnel when this guy's had enough time there running the show. We'll know if it's yay or nay. I don't think that right now is ridiculous to, to make some kind of assessment whether Manny Diaz is, is the right guy for his job. Or not. You know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see in these, in these coming weeks if he can beat the, these teams that he probably should be. But yeah, you do need to respect Pitt. We talked about that last night in the podcast. I think top four in the nation in sacks, top four in the nation in tackles for losses. Um, Kenny Pickett. You know, is it really tough quarterback? There's some questions about whether he's going to be able to play. Let, let's see. Let's see what happens. But right now, uh, certainly, it's too early to uh, cast those aspersions to Manny Diaz. And I'm fine with what he said about arrogance. I'm fine with it. You neither respect Pitt. You neither respect NC State. You neither respect Virginia Tech, who's had a darn good running game. Saw that with Khalil Herbert leading the way. These are all dangerous teams. That yes, is Miami better on paper? Yes. Can should they win those games? Yes. But they're all teams that could come up and bite them in the ass. And then, you know, then the game at the end is meaningless to get in against North Carolina. Miami is nine and eight right now under Manny Diaz uh, since he took over as coach. Um, they had a better record under Mark Richt. I think they were more, I think six games over 500 or whatever it was with Mark Richt. And <clears throat> to this point, I mean, look, I, I know it was a difficult job. He had a lot of things to fix, uh, and he's made those moves. And it's only one game. I get that, um, to the number one ranked team in the country. But my question to you is about expectations, and I think that's essentially what Manny Diaz was trying to say when he said when he used the A word. Uh, to me, you talk about arrogance. It, it that that blends into expectations. What should expectations be for this University of Miami football program? Should you expect them to be based on their talent, which I just told you? for the past 15 years is second only to Clemson and Florida state uh, in the conference. Um, should their record be better? Should they be playing in more ACC championship games? And I think that's the, that's the question that I'm trying to raise here is how should we judge Manny Diaz at the end of this season? Should it be, well, they got killed by Clemson or should it be, Hey, you know what? They bounced back from that game and they won out. And that, that to me proves that he's a good coach. That's all I was asking. It's how do you, how do you sort of judge the rest of this season? Yeah. I think that's fair, but, but the other scenario where they have two hiccups and finish, you know, what, what 10 game schedule, if they finish six and four, seven and three, I think that's a disappointment. Yeah. I I, I like to see them run the table that and hold on to those recruits and impress the recruits. I I just not going to, just the same way we didn't, we didn't, we shouldn't have, and I don't think we did take too much. It was exciting what they did, but Manny, I know at least uh, off air, I told you what what they, what I saw them in those first three games. They beat an FSU team that has, you know, historically down for what they have normally been. They beat a UAB team with, you know, top twenty-five defense uh, statistically, and a Louisville team with a what top fifteen offense, and that's what they had done. They hadn't played a complete. Uh, team, So you can't re- judge them too much by those three wins, but you also can't go the other way and judge them too harshly over a loss against uh, a really awesome 
I'm, okay. I'm not. I'm not trying to judge them off of that. I think it's pretty clear that we know that they're not at the big boy table and they're nowhere close right. to being at the big boy table. And, and that uh, Clemson team looks like the most complete team so far, having now watched Alabama, having watched a couple of these other powerhouses right yeah. now. That yeah. team looks like it's the, the front runner to win it all this year. What I think, Manny, the fair criticism is, and, and we have talked about this off the air, is those wide receivers for the Miami Hurricanes. To me, that was the – I don't care what Manny Diaz says about arrogance. Who cares? It doesn't matter. To me, it doesn't matter at all. To me, it matters. Those wide receivers, they – that was really disappointing because the plays to be made, the way I saw that football game, Manny, was in the passing game. Clemson was stacking the box. That number 10 was, I mean, he was, uh, he was, uh, he was a problem for them, the linebacker. But the, there were plays to be made in the air, and De'Aaron King gave them balls that they could have won. The receiver mm-hmm. knows where that football is, stop, go up there, high point that football. And they, to me, they seem incapable of making those plays. They have four freshman receivers. I did see Keyshawn late in the game making a big play down the field. I'm wondering if it's time to go as receivers. To me, that was the biggest takeaway in terms of the hurricane performances. What up with the wide receivers? And not just the 50-50 balls, but times where you can like stop, break off, and, and come back to the ball a little bit. I think only once they were able to do – I think it was Harley did that once and drew a full flag, but there were other opportunities. Even even if you don't catch it, to even draw contact and get that pass interference call, and they weren't even able to do that consistently. Yeah, I mean, uh, the wide receiver thing is, is kind of like – all of those guys were big-time recruits, right? I mean, uh, Mark Pope was certainly – uh, I think Harley and, and D Wiggins were three-star guys, but Pope was like a five-star guy according to the rival. So you expected to, to be much better than he is. But look, the bottom line is Clemson basically exposed Miami for what they were. They, they faced the real defense and, and they showed you that the receivers were crap. So what happened? They stacked the box and they run blitzed all day and they held Miami's three running backs to eight yards combined. I mean, yeah, the air King ranked for 84 yards or whatever, but essentially the running game was completely shut down. So I, I, look, it was a very sobering defeat, and I'm not saying that you have to write Miami off. Certainly, I don't think anybody else that they're going to play on the schedule, except maybe for North Carolina, because North Carolina's got some really good offensive weapons. I don't think they have the same level of talent. And I, and I did a whole podcast yesterday uh, with on wide right for The Athletic with Roddy Jones from, from – he's a really smart guy. And, and we, we agreed that on paper, talent-wise – Miami is probably better than everybody else except North Carolina in terms of the rest of their schedule. So I, the reason I just brought this up is because to me, when a coach says that and and Miami fans for a long time have always had this expectation of, Hey, uh, we should beat everybody in the ACC except Clemson, right? That's what they're thinking now. Um, how, how should we view it moving forward? That's it. And I understand Walter. It's not, uh, you want to talk about the meat and potatoes and what's wrong with the team and that's fine. But I think from a bigger overarching sort of topic, it's interesting to me that, that Manny Diaz would say, hey, we shouldn't be arrogant anymore. We shouldn't, you know, and it's true. He's speaking the truth. Miami fans shouldn't be arrogant anymore. I mean, hell, when you suck this long, how can you be arrogant? I mean, when was the last time you had anything to really be proud of as a Miami fan? I mean, when really. Is I, the, I, when is the last time that they ran the tape? When, have they, under, under him and even before that, re, in recent years, and I already know the answer to this, have they run the table against the ACC before facing Clemson? They've been to the ACC championship game once. So I know that I'm just, I'm just putting, I'm just vocalizing it. So then I could say this until they do that, then they'll have proven they can do it. And then that's when you can be a little more like, Oh yeah, we, we should beat everybody. be Clemson until then. 
you have no right to think you can beat everybody except Clemson. I don't know, man. I, it's <clears throat> They definitely feel like they are uh, way far off, and that's what we learned about that Clemson game is that this is a two to three to four to five, maybe a 20-year process uh, <laughs> like the Marlins before they get back to a uh, wait, wait, wait. We're already like on you're, We're already like 19 years away from that, so now you're 2041. Add one on to the yeah, change, right? Yeah, we might have to do that. Okay. Yeah. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. And then I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Hold on. Did you take steroids? Why, how can I but do all would, of that and then not ask him? But why would you do that? He's not going to answer that question. Why would you answer such a question? Why not? I'm asking him. I bet you he answers the other two very nicely of without course. a problem. Yeah, so why can't he answer the last up. one? He's going to hang up on us. Why can't he answer the last one? Hang up on us. Just tell me, no, he didn't. I'm giving him an opportunity for me to no longer judge this based on what I heard from one person in the New York Times. Because I don't want to believe it. He didn't take steroids. He platanos. on us. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. 
See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, que rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Hey, everybody. This is John Resnick from the Goo Goo Dolls. Giving a big shout-out to Slam Radio, the only student-run radio station that's all national. Awesome, guys. Congratulations. And now we're back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Are you not starting out the segment? All right, baby. Okay. Ball start. Man, segment. Ball start. Walter Rio. Yeah. He didn't murder any names, but he jumped early. He jumped off yeah. sides. You and Quincy Roche jumped off sides there, Walter. A little early there. I mean, uh, waiting for you. I wonder if you fell asleep again as you do sometimes on our show. Only when we talk Marlins. Only when we talk Marlins. Uh, Frankie, uh, your Miami Heat came within two wins of a championship. You were, you almost had the prediction right. Uh, it looked like Jimmy Butler literally left it all on the floor in Game Five. What was your uh, final assessment of your of your team? I was extremely proud. I was very upset as the game went on, but as I started realizing that they just played out of their mind Game Five and they just ran out of gas. It's hard to expect them to play exactly to the level they played in Game Five. To, to repeat that performance in game six. Proud of them at the end of the day. I usually am addicted to celebrations. I shut the game off by the fourth quarter. I did not want to watch LeBron smile at all. I let him go. And all that nonsense, I don't know you're going to talk about. Who doesn't respect LeBron James? Who does not respect LeBron James, bro? Come on. Stop his walking off the court like a little baby. Maybe we'll respect you a little more. His hair follicles don't respect him. That little spot that looks like uh, Reese's Pieces, like the when you pull off the Reese's the Pieces, spot. that's... The bald spot in the back of his head. Hey, look, is that Larry? There, he's showing it right there. That's the bald spot. I, How I you doing, brother? I love that passion from Frankie. Yeah, he's right. He's right. What's up, man? How you been? I'm all right, man. I uh, My passion is is a good one, too, because I, uh, you know, I have forever defended him because he's the definite talent in the NBA. Um, but something left me with a bitter taste in my mouth after these finals, not because my team lost. I didn't expect my team to win. Right? But when you become a journalist and a respected journalist like the three of you, I don't say that facetiously. I say that because I came into a business where the three of you are incredibly established and helped me become a little more than a hack. Um, you learn that some people do things and they have their own reasons for doing it. And, and it's, it's difficult to find an athlete that does things in a sincere manner. But some are more sincere than others. And no one could be more insincere than LeBron James. <laughs> No one. Right. There wow. is not an athlete that is more insincere than LeBron James. And therefore, I find him to be incredibly unlikable because of it. I've tried every which way to defend him because I was the guy that didn't like Jordan, right? The truth is, is this guy can't hold John and Jordan's jockstrap no matter how hard he tries. And he's four and six in finals, and he can go to more finals, and he can win six. It doesn't matter to me. But he's the guy that wanted to shut down the NBA, right, in protest. He's the guy that walks off the court when his team's losing with 10 seconds left, right? But he's the guy that's also ready for Rachel Nichols' interviews when he wins and wanting to be the centerpiece of attention when he celebrates. 
and then demanding respect, respect, my man, is earned. Your ability on the court has earned you the respect as a basketball player. But as a person, you have not earned my respect. You're a crybaby little bitch that you cry about every call, and you've taught your, you've taught your underlings to do the same. It's unwatchable, it's unlikable, it's unrelatable, and quite frankly, it's the reason why it's the Lakers against the world. So if you're a Laker fan, God bless you. I'm happy that you have a championship. The rest of the world, not so happy, and it's because of the way these guys were acting. Uh, the, the, biggest, the biggest shining lights, and they couldn't have been more, more idiotic and could have been bigger assholes than they were at that point in time. And there. Hey, wait a second. I just I just got something in off the ticker. LeBron says he's coming to South Beach. Larry is back to being a LeBron fan. Yeah. <laughs> For the record. <laughs> For the record, I never. I liked him more after he left than I did here. I completely blame him for the first loss to the Mavericks. And while there's nothing not to like when he was bailing us out of some games, the truth is I would laugh, I would smile, I'd say, it's good to have him on our team. But I never bought a jersey of his. I never bought a shirt of his. I don't like him. I don't like him. I actually liked him for having the balls to beat Golden State after being down 3-1, for opening a school. There were some things that he did that he endeared himself to me, and I did feel to a certain degree there was a disrespect because he'd had some bad times in finals. But the truth was is I would always say he was the – he was, that your eyes weren't lying to you, the greatest basketball talent we've ever seen. And whether that's true or false – it's, it's all lost in the shuffle because of who he has portrayed himself during this playoff in the bubble. It's like the pretty girl. Th- listen, if she, and I'm sorry for the bad words, guys, but it's the only way I can elaborate on this topic. Is, if she's a bitch, then she's not really someone you want to go out with. You want the wow. good-looking girl that looks nice. Wow. Bro. Yeah. Oh, this is Larry he's got, he, final show here. This is a rant that's... Uh, epic. Gonna- He's got, to, he's got to drop the mic after that, man. Epic. That was a that was a that was a performance for the ages. I mean, that was I, I give wow. you Finals MVP for that, brother. Wow. I give you Finals MVP for that, man. Hey, you know, it's funny. LeBron is so, uh, I guess, just just draws you in, in in a way that if you if you're a fan of his, you love him because of all the things he does for your team. But if he's the, on the other team, people really do hate that guy, man. They really do hate him with a passion. Yeah. yeah, polarizing. Yeah, he's just and so polarizing. <laughs> Hey, What's we're going to miss you, Manny. I, I, I'm going to miss you guys, too. But, you know, I'm still alive. I'm still going to be around. And you we're going to keep it. We're going to keep it continue. Yeah. By the way, that uh, cliche <laughs> that Larry said about uh, he couldn't hold Michael Jordan's jock. Why would LeBron want to hold Michael Jordan's jock? That would be pretty disgusting, Andre. What do you think? I mean, uh, that, that, especially after a game. I mean, ugh, that's going to be. Well, well, you know, why? Why is that the uh, standard of being whether he's as good as Michael Jordan? Hey, can I hold your cock? Jordan, but that expression in general, like you always hear that, and you're like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't blame LeBron. Says no, hell no, I don't want to hold your jock. By the way, I'm worried about Larry. He's on the floor. Is he? Is anybody? Is he okay? Is he dead? Did he trip over something? I mean, it's. I see just the top. Of Larry's his head done, there, right? bro. Larry's done. <laughs> Walter Matoa Melian. <laughs> Wow. Um, so the Heat, man, what do they do? What do they do? I know I brought this subject up prematurely like three months ago, but what do they do uh, at the end of this season to be LeBron? You were waiting for their demise. I've been waiting for this demise. Like, I've been seeing – I saw it a long time ago. I was you saw trying, this it's demise like, like three I, rounds ago. This is like ago. COVID-19. I was telling you guys, this is terrible. We're going to deal with a bunch of crap. Now COVID-19 is hit. The season is over. What do you do if you're fat riding? Come on. 
Right, what do you do? What do you do to beat LeBron? Because this team isn't going to do it, right? Or do you or do you run it back with this team? Give me your opinions. Let's go. Come on, sports writers. Crank it out like you do a story. Let's go. Wall V, you're up first. Andre, Andre looks disgusted. What are I'm, you doing? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm stuck in neutral because if the problem is, I mean, we have, there has to be a third option because – third option i don't like no hold on the first two oh, options Millsap is the third option I don't no think you I, want well that. i don't I, that's the problem because beal's gonna cost too much do not touch tyler hero in fact really wish you couldn't have to trade other pieces either but i get it and then we had that whole discussion about how Giannis is probably not heat material even though he fits the the necessity they have right now better needing that big man to go next to bam so it's like, what do you do? What's the third option? What's the what's the alternative to add a piece? Larry's gonna jump in. Here. Are they are they talking Ibaka and Oladipo? Because that's kind of some of the stuff that I've seen floating around. Oladipo might fit in not just to culture, but into this current team. I was never a big fan of wanting him for the Heat, but now it makes a little more sense. Ibaka, yeah. not a hundred percent sure on. You guys are sports writers. Gonna tell me a little more. Whether Ibaka makes sense in our system or not, I happen to not be in love with that idea. But anything that's going to make us better, I just don't know if the, the big whale exists. And I and, and I because know, of I that, I don't know if we it. can beat them. I don't know. I don't know if they need the big whale, but they do need a piece. They need some kind of piece, and that's where maybe Ibaka does fit. I mean, Ibaka would be a rental, obviously. You'd have to overpay for like a year, maybe something like well, that. Riley Two. tried to get Riley tried to get Danilo Gallinari, and the reason he tried to get him is because he wanted a, a, a more proficient score at the four position because mm-hmm. that's really what they're lacking. Jay Crowder, he's a nice story, but he's been on five different teams here in the last three years. And the reason is because he doesn't, he's consistent. He's very streaky. Uh, he'll defend, he'll give you all this heart, but he's not a guy that's going to, that's going to help you slay the dragon. And so to me, that's really, I think the ultimate uh, need there. Uh, Jimmy is, is the guy that has to have the ball in his hand. Tyler hero has to be coming off the bench until he gets to the point where, you can trust them with the starting lineup. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. And then you have Duncan Robinson just sort of floating out there where there's games where Duncan Robinson can really help you. And then there's games where uh, he, he, he gets completely shut out and does nothing. So I don't know. It's a very interesting off season, obviously for the heat. And it's going to be a lot of important decisions for Riley. Here's a couple things to take note of uh, Goron, Jay Crowder, Derek Jones, Jr. Um, Myers Leonard and there's one more uh, that are Jones that are unrestricted. Who's that? Did you say Did you say DJJ already? Yeah, DJJ Goron, uh, Jay Crowder. I'm trying to think of guys that actually play Solomon Hill. Solomon Hill's the other one, and then Myers Leonard. Solomon Hill, yeah. by the way, needs to get a haircut. Um, <laughs> but anyway, those five guys are unrestricted free agents, and you got 21 million dollars if you let. Drogic and uh, Jay Crowder walk. I think that's upwards of 21 million. That's not going to get you a whale. Uh, it might get you some nice pieces, but I guess I don't know, man. Like you're going to have to trade for that piece. You're going to have to give up something to get that elite player. I think. And and one thing that you know, I wrote yeah. a story for the Athletic on Sunday or Monday morning, actually, on you know what the future holds when you said it's not going to get you a whale i thought you're going to go another fish analogy might get you a few dolphins i thought you're going to you know do some analogy right i'm sorry i'm sorry disappointed title bay um no it's uh the reason why the article that i wrote what i was trying to get back to is the the article that i wrote was basically like look they've got a bright future but they've got all these tough decisions that power riley has to make this offseason 
and a lot of the reaction from from readers was do not fall in love with this roster do not fall in love the way that you did in 2017 where you thought Deion waiters and james johnson and those guys i think this is different there are pieces here that can win you a championship it's the one piece it's identifying the one piece so in that way this might be the toughest job yet that pat riley has because when he's rebuilt the heat, he's always done it with two or three pieces, right? I mean, he, he went out, he got Hardaway in morning. Uh, and, and then, you know, with the, the big three, uh, even, you know, when he tried to redo it after everything that happened with uh, LeBron leaving, you know, Luol Deng, uh, Goran Dragic, he traded for. Now it's sort of like, this is a challenge. One piece, find the one piece that's going to push you over the top. Well, is Gallo, Gallo, double checking, Gallo is hitting free agency. I think year, he is, he? yes. Yes. He still fits. I mean, if they if somehow right. they could pay him enough and, you know, he wanted the extra year. He wanted the, the option for another season the same way they gave it to Iguodala. So they'd have to work that out. It, it's really tough to say because when we don't know what these contract demands are, we don't know what other what other players are available. But of those guys that are free agents, to me, they're all expendable. The big decision is go on whether you want to bring them back. You know, he's already past 30. How many years does he want? He's 34 you know? and he's coming off of a painful plantar fascia, which we don't know. I mean, he played right. man of the so, game. So if he's willing to come back on a one-year deal and to be part of this team and bring him off the bench, I do think that Tyler has to transition to the starting lineup. And even as a point guard, uh, when they gave him a shot to do that, and I, th I think he had a triple-double, very impressive. I think I think you have to continue to grow his talent and you have to trust not only R Riley, but Spo in the way that they develop these guys. I mean, uh, but but that's the growth is is uh, hero and then yeah Danilo Gallinari is a is a great shooter so if you if you Butler is a guy that slashes and gets to the free throw line surround them with shooters that's the NBA everybody's jacking up threes so it, it may not be that big move but you make some of the others move but as far as the free agents I mean again if they're willing to come back one year cheap deal uh, yeah but but I but certainly. If they get better offers elsewhere, you, that's where you have to have the discipline and just let them go. All right. So uh, somebody's going to give Goran three years. So adios. Uh, so it's a lot that we don't know what exactly what other teams are going to offer, who's going to be available. You also, I know this has nothing to do with on the court, but you don't want to piss off Jimmy. And you know how Jimmy loves Goran too. You want to keep Jimmy happy. Player driven league, you know, that whole thing, you know, that's one thing. I don't know if you want to maybe his role's a little minimized next year from what it was now. By the way, we're, we're almost running out of time. Can I mention my my favorite story of the week? I guess I'm going to do it. This outfielder from San Diego, uh, Manny, you like uh, title base, San Diego Padres, outfielder Tommy Fan. Did you guys see this story? No, I didn't. Heard about it. In the middle of pandemic, all right, the man on Sunday night, good church night, goes to a strip club, and I had to write down the name of the clubs. I love the name. This one's really not that great a name, but it's called Pacers Showgirls, all right? Mm. And he, he goes to the strip club on a Sunday night, uh, really desperate dude. Do all and the then, girls look like Reggie Miller? Sorry. <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. It's like, I mean, I was about to ask him, in the, why is it in San Diego, Indiana? Right, I don't know. He's a Pacers, Pacers fan. Maybe was... Cheryl Miller owns a joint. I don't know, but uh, so Rich he Smith goes. Owns it. As long as they don't look like Lance Stevenson. <laughs> he goes to the gentleman's club. He's walking out. He sees two dudes by his car, like why he doesn't have a bodyguard or something or a, or a chauffeur, I don't know. But he sees two dudes by a car and he tells them to get out of the way. But I'm sure he told them to get the F out of the way. And uh, the two dudes that were arguing in front of his car, they didn't like uh, they didn't like our man uh, Tommy Fan's uh, uh, method of asking them to get out of the way. And they stabbed them literally in the back. 
so uh, there you go. Uh, you know, you guys might have been to an adult establishment once or twice. Anything like that happened to you guys? No, never been stabbed no. at a strip club. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I know somebody who lost an ATM card. I, I lost a credit card it. once there, but that's it. That's a, that's as bad as it got for me. I never got in a fight. Never got never got stabbed or anything. Yeah, no, nothing well, like that. Well, there you go. And add that in the middle of a pandemic. You know, dudes are gonna do what dudes do. Yeah, I mean, lose things in the champagne room. I, I, he tried to yeah. he tried to swipe it. It didn't work. He wouldn't be the first guy to lose something in a champagne room, right? Like that's right. Just a little innuendo there. It's my station. I'm allowed to do it. I'm gonna miss you, Manny. I'll let you guys sign off. Manny, take control of the show. We're losing it. Well, guys, uh, as as Larry has alluded to, I will be uh, exiting stage left here after this episode today because I am uh, going to be starting a show on another network starting Friday, and I'll have details on Twitter. Why don't you please Twitter. say the network and plug yourself? This is not what we're about. We're a 501c3. There's no competition here. I, I love I, Orlando well, I, I can't. I can't yet because technically they haven't announced anything. Oh, so I, just, just, I let the cat out of the bag. I'm sorry. It's it's okay. Well, I I will be posting something on Twitter later, but I will be uh, starting a show on another network from six to eight Monday through Friday. So I will let you guys know once that gets uh, rolling. But uh, it's been a lot of fun, and and I gotta thank you, Larry, for letting me come on and do the show with uh, two of my best friends. It's really been a lot of fun, and I know Walt V is gonna do a great job carrying it from here on out. You may hear uh, from a lot of people you've never heard of that are his friends, but uh, it's gonna be entertaining. The views and opinions expressed on Front Page 305 are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.